Hello and welcome to episode 827 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, July 9th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Doing pretty well. I'm hanging in there, moving forward. Still waiting for some baseball here. But everybody has COVID. You know how we know baseball is coming? Because oh. we, we're getting beat writers tweet every play of oh my squad games. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> it's like and the I... thing I dread most <laughs> when spring training. And it's like, oh, I now have to deal with this a second time? And I I think the inter-squad ones are worse. Oh, they're way worse. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I, I, I think they're actually quite a bit worse. And yeah, that is that is how you know it's coming. You know, people reporting these these intra-squad homers and performances, and I'm just like, that, that's not doing anything to jazz me up. It's it's really not. You know, like when we look forward to spring training games, and there's those first like day or two where you're excited to watch them, then they become background noise, uh, pleasant background noise. But you know, I don't I don't stay geared in every day watching everything. This obviously, there's no games to watch. I, I don't I don't need the tweets. I'm not gonna do anything based off of these performances. Yeah. They're I not mean, even again like I, I don't know. I barely do anything off spring spring performances. I'm not doing anything off of intra squad performances. I'm not I don't necessarily care about the performances. Like I am looking at pitch counts. Um I'm looking you know, some of the beat writers are doing a much better job of giving kind of you know, more nuanced and detailed, uh, you know, uh, reports. Like, uh, the, the guy who does it for the, San, I think, San Diego Tribune, like, he did a great article on, uh, the other day on uh, Paddock and Mackenzie Gore and kind of their pitch mix. Uh, okay. Which I okay. thought was interesting because, you know, Paddock's added, added this slider, but where the, uh, where the press is situated is kind of out in center field. And so... Uh, they're able to see the catcher signs, and he shook off uh, Francisco Mejia a bunch of times when he called for the slider in one of the interest squad games. So, uh-huh. so the, that may be like he's got the new pitch, but maybe he's not really ready or he's afraid to use it right now. That's so, okay. Okay, that's that's a little piece of something. Okay. So you know things like that is what I'm looking for, as opposed to. Oh, you know, blah blah blah, singled off a of Shane Bieber. Like uh, that is like, yeah, okay, I don't, I don't really care that much about that. Yeah, exactly. So that if they can deliver some quality information, good. But uh, yeah, uh, you know what? I'll leave it to you to suss that out for the Roto write up, and I appreciate that. Yeah. You can put you can put the good tidbits in the road right up. <laughs> Things like Fran Mill returned back to the team yes. uh, yesterday. Like that's uh that's good news. We're very happy about that. After he blundered and um what do you have a maskless um Yeah, he went to a fourth of July party without a mask. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Fran Mill. Okay, but he's back, but he's back, okay, okay. So you know Yeah, we're getting we're getting bits of news that, that can be useful. I really like that tidbit that you had about Paddock there. And I guess there's some pitching stuff that, that could be useful as far as how long they're going and how many pitches they're throwing. But we are going to talk pitching in a grander scale today uh, with regards to the league leaders. The other day we did hitting league leaders, trying to find a guy that we really 
that we're really into and and then one that's maybe a little bit more off the radar for each category. We're going to do that again today. It's going to be I think it's going to be easier to uh do the off the radar stuff mm-hmm. with uh with pitching, right? Cuz you know, you start to get once you hit the glob, everything goes wherever you want. So I think I think we'll have some interesting names there. Let's start with wins. <laughs> wins could, uh, exactly yes. The silence is. I was going to say, <laughs> wins are dumb in a normal season. How stupid are they going to be this year? Uh, they're going to be extremely stupid. Uh, I mean, one, uh, you know. A, a team that wins like a fifteen team league may win it with like twenty five wins or something like oh that. God. So it's gonna be absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the wins are gonna come from weird places. You know, uh, I want to give credit where credit's due because uh, Greg Blankenship said something uh, in the Friends of Fantasy Benefits uh, staff chat. Uh, talking about, hey, you know, instead of using your last few spots in drafts coming up on starters, uh, because we're going to have that short three-day, you know, beginning of a week, uh, it may actually be better to use those last few draft spots on middle relievers. Because mm-hmm. most likely, the first few times around, we're going to have guys that aren't going super deep, uh, and the guys who are going to be in line for wins are going to be those Yuzmera Petites of the world. So, um, yeah, wins is going to be wins is going to be a struggle. It it really is. And so, uh, you know, I showed you my, my draft. I'm doing uh, slow draft, and I'm really devaluing. You know, especially those second and third tier and fourth tier starters. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some wildness and. Uh, no, like, not maybe not leader, but but right there with the leaders, like you said, c- could be a middle reliever for mm-hmm. wins. And um, well, let let's start. Let's start in the American League. Um, who do you like? Who do you like for the most wins uh, as, as your main pick? I'm gonna go with Lance Lynn. Okay, like it. Uh, I mean, I, I do like the fact that 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 park is supposedly gonna play more pitcher friendly. Uh, I like the offense behind him to give him a shot at getting a win. I think he's one of those guys that uh, could go deep into games starting out, especially because the weakness of that team is obviously in the bullpen. So they may need him to go a little bit deeper to try to get, you know, to the the seventh inning uh, or even eighth inning or ninth inning. <laughs> I mean, that bullpen is is pretty atrocious. So. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm really on board all three of those top three, uh, uh, t- uh, Texas Rangers starters. So yeah, when minor and Gibson, oh, oh I didn't even oh think of Kluber. <laughs> you know, I hate Kluber. <laughs> he said Gibson. You're damn right. He said Gibson. <laughs> I totally all forgot right. about Kluber for a second there. <laughs> You're the worst. Give us your, uh, give us your off the radar AL guy to lead. In wins, mm, I mean, is Kenta Maeda even off the radar? I, probably not, right? No, so. but, but maybe he is for wins because he gets so manipulated in LA, and and we feel confident that he won't be this year, um, especially with the shortened season. I didn't think he would be with a full year, um, but with a, with a shortened season, I mean, he could never reach the innings count, right? So. Yeah, I, I Does really something like that get 
prorated? I yes, I believe that it does. Okay, so then maybe he could still face manipulation, but I, I mean, think Minnesota is going to let him go. So no, I, uh, I think I think it can qualify. Yeah, I guess I would go. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, I'm really looking through this and really struggling. I mean, I guess I could go with Kyle Gibson. You know, he's one of those guys again in the uh, uh, you know on that Rangers team. Uh, you know, they're going to win games it's really going to be ugly because, I mean, somebody's going to lead the league in wins with seven, right? Yes. Or, you know, maybe, maybe someone will get eight. Yeah, someone will go, like, eight and one. Uh, but... It's going to be someone so dumb, too. I'd actually really even be surprised, you know, considering what people are probably going to get, you know, 12 to 13 starts max uh, that... Uh, even any pitcher will get like nine or ten decisions, maybe a stretch. That's true. That's true. It's gonna be tough. But let's so say you gonna go Gibson there or Maeda. I'll go. I'll go Maeda just so it's not okay. on the same team. Okay. All right. So Kenta Maeda again. You know, I think that that works a little bit as an off the radar because, like I said, he never piles up a ton of wins because he's usually being pushed into the bullpen later ooh, ooh, in the extra. year. I'm gonna switch it off. I'm gonna oh, go Homer. Hear. I'm gonna go Homer Bailey. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go a guy that I that I think pretty confident will get an opportunity to go deep in games on a good offense with a good defense behind him uh, and enough uh, relief pitching in that bullpen to kind of preserve wins. So yeah, Homer yeah. Bailey is my sneak guy. No, I like that one. I, I like Homer Bailey. He closed really nicely with Oakland. I think he's being slept on with Minnesota. I really like him. I think. Uh, I think he's worth drafting in 15-teamers for sure and maybe even reserving in 12-teamers, to be honest. Yeah. But I, I kind of I kind of like Bailey. So, all right, for me in the AL, for my main guy, um, uh, how about Clevenger? We'll do Club Dog. Um, you know, not, not too flashy there. Quality quality pitcher. He, he or Bieber I could take off of that team. That's still a good team, by the way. And everyone... I, I think maybe with the downtime, the Indians have gotten more love of like, oh, wait, 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 we might have been pushing them off to the side too quickly. I think people, some people might have realized they're pushing them off too quickly because uh, Minnesota is very good. This is nothing against Minnesota. It's more pro Cleveland. Yeah, they, they lost uh, Kluber and they essentially are getting nothing for him because Class A is suspended. Well, they didn't have Kluber much last year, and they still had a pretty good season. They won 93 ball games, so they're still a quality ball club. Uh, Bieber, Clevenger, Carrasco at the front end. My boy Aaron Savale, Plesac. They've got a good starting five. So I'll put Clevenger for the main, and then uh, let's see here. You know what? I want to. I want to get silly. <laughs> I want to get silly, but I want to be. I want to be smart about it so let me check something real quick here do 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 all right i'm gonna say diego castillo for my off the radar guy i'm gonna go middle <laughs> reliever i just had to see which one i wanted to pick from tampa bay because you know I'm, they're gonna do some stuff. i'm surprised it's not yarborough you know if, if i thought he was gonna get an opener i would i would easily pick him because it just sets them up for so many more wins. But I want to pick one of their strong middle relievers, and I'll go with the righty. 
in Castillo there. Um, you know, that's a, that's a little bit tongue in cheek. Obviously, it's the off the radar pick, but this one of these one of these relievers is going to get four or five wins, and it's really going to change things. Mm-hmm. Now he had five last year total, obviously in a full season, but if they're we know how Tampa Bay can be, and if they're being tight with innings on Yarbrough, Torino's, maybe Glass now the first time through, maybe even Snell the first time through, that's going to create opportunities for Castillo. And hell, even the even when the guys are ramped up, that doesn't mean relievers can't get wins. That you know, they leave a game tied in the sixth, it gets decided in the seventh, eighth. That's that's where uh, Castillo and Alvarado and Nick Anderson are. So, I'll go Diego Castillo again, just to highlight how stupid it could be. <laughs> All right. All right, National League time then. Who is the main guy for you in the National League? I'm going to go with my number one pitcher. That's Walker Bueller. Love it. Uh, I, I may end up pushing Garrett Cole back up uh, to my number one spot, but I still have a lot of uh, faith in, in Walker Bueller, and I think the fact that they lost David Price, which means they're going to have to put Ross Stripling into that rotation, uh, you know, kind of hurts their already not very uh, uh, deep bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that Jimmy Nelson is done for the year as well, uh, I think that while they Wait, probably... He is? Yeah, he had back surgery. I miss that. Man, poor Jimmy. Yeah, dude, that guy just... Love that guy, dude. He but... just got the uh, crap end of the stick. It just... It really, really did. Dang, uh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, he's done for the year. So I mean, I you know Kenley Jansen's got COVID. It's, uh, it, I mean, it's just the 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 Dodgers bullpen is kind of a mess a little bit, and so I think they're really going to need to rely on Bueller, especially uh, Kershaw. You know, a fair amount. I think Urias is actually going to get you know full run during his mm-hmm. stretches as well. So I mean, really like the Dodgers from a fantasy standpoint this year, and that that really pains me to say that as a Giants fan. <laughs> Being honest, <laughs> so. someone's going to take that clip of audio and just play and it over and over keep again. It. Yeah, and so use it against you. And I'm sure it'll be like Vlad Sedler's new theme song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I really like Walker Bueller. Uh, we're if we're gonna go for a sneak guy, uh, it's gonna be Max Fried, uh, because that's, uh, that's my guy. Or, as far as uh, not my not my pick, I mean he's my guy. Somebody I've been pumping up this year, so I really like him. Yeah. So there's talk that the Braves are gonna use uh, Max Fried and Soroka as a piggyback pair. Uh, oh, okay. Which would mean Soroka would. Uh, I assume it means Soroka would start. And then Max Fried would come in after, you know, three to four innings. Why do you uh, assume that? Um, I just figure after the year that Soroka had, okay. yeah, that Soroka had that, you know, they'll give him the honor of starting and yeah. Freed would be the follower. That wasn't uh, like an aggressive, like, why do you think that? That was more of like, do you have information on that? I just, I mean, that, that would be my assumption. No, I, I hear you. So. I hear you because, yeah, he was, I mean, what an amazing season for Soroka. And, makes... and even though Freed took some steps forward, he still had like a four something ERA, four or three ERA. It definitely makes it difficult to draft either of them, which is which is unfortunate. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, like it makes it makes Soroka go from had to drop him in value, being in the nat, you know the National League East with the DH and going up against the AL East to like literally undraftable if he's only going to go three innings and he's going to be the starter. So. Well, 
if it's only a couple times through, that might not be so bad. But I agree with you that Soroka, as the front end guy, really catches the short end. You know, he, they'll probably be two, three good innings, but they'll probably be great where, innings, but they're not going to have any strikeouts. Not many strikeouts, and he can't get the dub. Yeah. And where he's going, can't do it. And if regression hits him hard, he's. I mean, it's just yep. going to be disastrous without any upside. So. Uh yeah, I just that it's really because I really like Soroka and I think he will be a, a big draft uh target for me in 2021 uh because I think he will be criminally underrated uh but yeah there, there's no way I can take him now. No, I I I think you're right, man. No, no chance. Um, dang, I, I I missed that piece of news too. Hey, Paul, do you want to pay attention to what's going on in baseball? Uh, it's kind of your job, you stupid idiot. God, I, I did not see that. I appreciate that. You know what? This is why I, I have you. Hey, a little bit of job security for once in my life. <laughs> um, no, I, I actually, I, I had not seen that about Soroka. Uh, he's moving way down. I, I got to move him down. Already was worried about the strikeouts. Um, and and the fact that, you know, ZRA, I, I always figured it would regress from the 268 last year. But uh, if two, three, the thing of it is, too, even if it is only two or three rotations through, it's devastating. You know, when when you say somebody's going to be out a week, you're like, oh, it's a week. That's devastating. That's that's damn near equivalent. The the shorthand to make you just feel the impact is just to three X everything. I know it's not a perfect three X 60 games versus 162, but it's damn close. And if somebody was going to miss three weeks guaranteed you'd you'd feel it you'd you'd say okay that's a big deal so when someone's going to miss a week or um you know have this thing this this piggyback rotation thing a couple times through the rotation it's a big big impact and i think everything volume wise is going to be such a big deal this year so um i like that though with max freed as your your secondary guy because he'll be the piggy the, the secondary guy in that group he could pile up a bunch of wins i still like him i like him even more now because like i said if yarbrough got a an opener i would like him so those are good picks there with bueller and freed for me in the nl my main guy will be luis castillo i love that cincinnati ball club obviously i picked a bunch of guys from that team on the offensive side so gotta gotta get some love on the pitching side there could really be any of the top three but castillo is my favorite of the bunch um followed by gray and you know i'm not a huge bauer guy but it certainly wouldn't surprise me if you won a bunch of games for them. But I'm going to go Luis Castillo. Uh, straightforward, kind of like your Bueller pick. I know Castillo's not as top of the scale as Bueller, but I don't know that I need to fully explain Castillo. Uh, but my secondary pick, I'm I'm not super happy that David Price opted out. But it oh, did boy. open the door for Ross Stripling, and you know <laughs> damn well that he moved way up my rankings. Mm-hmm. Um I am excited to that degree. Now, I'm glad that, like, David Price didn't get COVID or something because then I don't want to feel happy about somebody getting sick. Um, Just that he chose to opt out. It's like, okay, he has his health, so I can feel happy about this as it will benefit my guy Stripling. So that is who I will pick as uh, as my secondary guy. Now, I could see him maybe getting an opener and and then being in the middle. Again, that would benefit. But – if they decide to finally turn him loose, I think in a 60-game sprint, he should be treated like a regular starter and just 
ready to go. Um, the latest I'd seen from him was he said that he could go six innings. Like he, he's ready to go. So um, is this it, the new version of best shape of my life? Ready to go six innings? Yes. Yeah. Because we are seeing a lot of guys declare themselves ready for six innings. That's yeah. a great call. Yeah. Yeah. Are you in the best shape of your life? No, but I could go six innings right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can go six innings. Yeah. You know, imagine if uh, position players were saying that. I can go six innings right now. <laughs> You'd be like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, I really feel like I could get three to four off the bat. I could really, I could do it. I'd give you a good three, and then maybe in the fourth, as long as the ball wasn't hit to me. Yeah. I listen, I, I could, listen, I Matt it. Olson, you're, you're supposed to play for nine. I really <laughs> like, feel like I can go three nah, to four, though. I got a strong four right now, and then. Uh, let I could might push it to six, in. yeah. Let, let, let Frank Alvarado come in. You, I don't know. you have Mark Canha, right? You're like, uh, Matt, he, he doesn't play first. I, what you do with the position after me, I don't care about. I can give you four strong, okay? That's what I'm negotiating here. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you're, you're right. It is it is funny. When the, when the players themselves declare themselves ready, you can only go so far with it. But to, to the degree that it matters, Stripling said that he's ready to go six. And, uh, obviously, he's a perfect fit to fill in that vacancy. Kershaw, Bueller, Urias, Wood, Stripling, I'll take all five of them, to be honest. That could be my pitching rotation in a league, and I'd have no problem. Give me Stripling to be a secondary wins guy, um, an off-the-radar wins guy. I imagine that you like that one. What do you think of Castillo? Are you in on Castillo? As, would, he, would he be your ace? I think I am probably not going to get him in drafts the rest of the way. Okay. Uh, only because I did downgrade him a bit for being uh, uh, for for the DH coming to the National League. Yep, every and NL I, guy has to take a little bit of a dip, and I think that is gonna just cost him just enough in my ranks versus ADP where I'm not gonna end up with him. I mean, and so far in the drafts that I've done, I'm usually grabbing one of the top four to five guys. Uh, and and the next guy we're going to talk about uh, is a guy I've moved back up uh, into that you know top four to five, uh, and uh, I, if I don't get one of those guys, I'm waiting. So you know in this 15 team league I'm doing right now, I missed out on those guys because I had the sixth pick and I went Lindor, uh, and then I so I just waited and grabbed you Darvish. Oh, I love you Darvish. So, I, I, I st- I'm. I love you, Darvish. Uh, is that who you, who's going to be your main strikeout guys? That did you just get on her segue? I did because those, but yeah, those are the strikeouts. those are my two. Yeah, I mean the, All the right, guy. Let's do NL. Well, we'll start NL for strikeouts then. Yeah. And we'll go Darvish and who else? Uh, I'm going to go Darvish and Robbie Ray. Okay, so focus on on Darvish first um, to lead the league in strikeouts. Obviously, he was amazing. Question for you would be, how much of those gains from the the big second half run where he transformed himself uh do you believe he can hold because i mean that it's a major change but it's so different from what he did i understand those who are maybe giving a little bit of a side eye of like hmm can he hold it he had seven walks from july 1st on that was a span of 14 starts with 124 strikeouts this is a guy who you always tolerated the walks from because he was so good at doing virtually everything else then he had a couple down seasons there with the health Really only one down season. I shouldn't even say it. One down season, 2018. He only threw eight games. He wasn't very good. Uh, but other than that, Darvish bounced back last year, had a great season. How much of those gains do you think he can hold? I think he can hold a fair amount of them. 
Uh, I mean, I like the fact that he, he even had another pitch and he's actually throwing it a fair amount. Uh, and it, it's looking good. So, uh, yeah, I think that, I mean, there's always the chance, you know, what kind of ball do we get? Is it going to be slippery or, you know, does, does the league want to, you know, insert more offense to try to get more eyes on uh, this uh, shortened season and, and really oh. grab people's attention? We saw the Garrett Cole thing mm-hmm. with the the John Boy breakdown of yep. him having to give that ball back after. So with regards to that video, if you guys don't know, John Boy did a breakdown about after a strikeout they did around the horn, and then that ball was out, but Garrett Cole liked that ball. They're like, no, you got to get a new one, dude. Too many hands have touched it. And then um, he was kind of annoyed by it, and first pitch to Miguel Andahar was uh, opposite field homer. And – you know, if they're having to change the ball that often, maybe just don't throw it around the horn after the strikeout. Is that not? Does is, is that a necessary part of the game? The around the yeah. horn throw. I think you're going to see pitchers yell at their catcher if they try to do that. Yeah, just uh, throw it back to me, dude. The guys yeah. don't need a practice catch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think the more interesting part of the video was not the fact that he couldn't get the ball that he had just thrown but that they gave him a new ball, he didn't like it, and he wasn't allowed to throw it away. Yeah, 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 That that's what it was, because generally they can go through, you know, not, they couldn't just go 10 different balls, be like, no, 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 but they can switch out, and there's always all that little stuff there. And, you know, I, I saw in the thread of, um, of the John Boy tweet, you know, like, what does it matter? How different are the balls? Sometimes it's fully mental, where... The balls aren't necessarily that different, but the feel, it's about feel and, and comfort. And if you're feeling one, but there are, you know, notice tiny little differences, you know, they, they're all, they're all kind of like a, a little bit different. And, and so you can find one that you really like. And I've, I've heard of pitchers being like, they were dealing, they had one that, that, that they had kept going for like almost a full inning and then somebody hits it out and like, damn it, I was trying to keep that ball in play as long as I could. But, you know, obviously they're changing them out pretty regular. It's not like somebody uses a ball for six innings with foul balls and all that sort of stuff. But And some people just have those weird things where if you use a certain item on a daily basis, you know, and like for some people it's a pen. Mm -hmm. Like some people like the the feel of a pen in their hand like if it's the wrong kind of pen they're not going to use it they will actually go and search out like the pen that they like uh and it's it's not necessarily about like you know how the ink runs or anything like that but more about just how it feels in their hand uh and so you imagine you know how many balls a major league pitcher throws throughout the course of a season yeah i I totally understand like it may seem like the same ball to us but you know little changes uh, and it can really have an effect on someone. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't feel right when you're trying to execute a certain pitch, you're not going to have confidence. And it can be a home run to Miguel Andahar, you know, or maybe it doesn't feel right for this certain breaking ball. So you got a lean fastball and it's like, why is he throwing all these fastballs? Well, he hates the way this ball feels and he couldn't get a new one. So that's an interesting factor that we're going to see here. Uh, this year, and that could that could influence more offense if it's making pitching even more difficult. If you're uh, uh, if you're looking for that John Boy video, it was in the Roto Write Up two days ago. It was it was great. Cole Cole was so pissed. <laughs> I, I liked uh, the line. He's very picky about his balls. <laughs> that, that's that was the part that I focused on. Uh, all right, and then Robbie Ray is your secondary guy. 
Um, because while he has he led the hang on, if he's ever led the league in strikeouts, I'm, I'm making you pick somebody else. Hang on, let me see. Oh, I, I, okay, he's I, never I, led the league, but he is a big time strikeout guy. But you feel like he could lead the league, which would be pretty great because you're he's usually an ERA and WHIP challenge. You know, he had that one big season where he had a 289 ERA and a 115 WHIP. He's always uh, beyond that. He's always been a WHIP challenge. In a couple of other seasons, his ERA has been passable, but overall. 411, 135 for his career, but you get Robbie Ray for the strikeouts, and you think he could maybe lead the league there for the Diamondbacks. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, I mean, we know he can strike people out. The qu- the question is how many walks are going to go along with it. Uh, I think the Diamondbacks will rely on him uh, a fair amount to go deep into games. Uh, and yeah, I think uh, especially, I think they're one of those teams that are probably. Uh, kind of on the fence in terms of whether or not they're going to compete this year. I mean, they brought in Madison Bumgarner. Uh, you know, I think to... they're fully competitive. Personally, I really like them. The Dodgers are a big hurdle, though. But mm-hmm. I, I think I think they're geared the Do- up for a wild card. Yeah, the Dodgers are a big hurdle. Uh, the the Padres are an interesting kind of challenge in in that division, having to play the AL West. Uh, is not an easy uh, task. So, like, they're one of those teams where, like, if they start out hot, I could totally see them pushing their chips in. Uh, but they're also a team, if they start off cold, I could see them go, well, why don't we, you know, maybe shed some of these guys who are on expiring contracts or... Uh, or Peel back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and Robbie Ray would be a, you know, a part of that. Uh, especially because they do have some depth uh, pieces for that rotation, even if they jettisoned Robbie Ray, and he's been a constant trade uh, rumor uh, type guy. So the last couple of years, yeah, he really has. So, but if they want to get as much value, I mean, it'll be interesting what kind of value teams even get. I know uh, I, it's it's going to be wild because you're going to be getting them for like thirty games, but that's one half the season, and. Two, we assume with the added playoff spots, uh, there'll be less Wait, there, sellers. No, there is no expanded playoffs, right? I thought there. I thought they uh, they were going to work that out. Have they worked it out? That's a good question. That yeah, okay. I, I I thought that it was, I thought that it was off the table, but it may if it's still on the table. That's interesting. Um. That would be obviously causing a lot more teams to not sell necessarily. You hit on something really interesting that even though it, it's hap- the trade deadline's on August 31st, for those who don't know, it, it is you know such a shorter season, but it's literally you're getting them for half the year. When the, the deadline that we do, you're getting them for two out of six months. So it's a higher impact in terms of volume of the season, but... I don't think that that's necessarily going to be like, okay, well, now we're going to give you massive prospects for these guys. So that's going to be interesting. Um, I do think Ray is a reasonable candidate to lead the league, so I, I do like that pick. And um, I don't, not a huge Ray guy, but I can told, I could see him leading the league in yeah. strikeouts. I don't know that you still want him on your team, but I think there is a reasonable chance he can. And yeah, I'm not saying anything about whether or not they were able to work out the expanded playoffs or not, so okay. I'm guessing they haven't. Um, but, uh, I mean, even with that, like, the variance could end up team, meaning teams, uh, more teams don't want to sell. Yeah. Cause everything uh, could be so strat, so tight in the standings on August 31st that nobody wants to move. And then, so teams that do 
does that mean like the supply and demand that even in a shortened season they might actually get decent return on guys because yeah, like there's if, so if few Boyd, guys. Yeah. Yeah, if Matt Boyd's one of like three starters who's available, you know, because uh, you, you figure Tigers, Baltimore, Pirates, Giants, Royals, Giants are, aren't going to be very good, but Matt Boyd would probably be the best available pitcher off those teams, right? So, um, you know, that could be a massive prize, and then somebody could come up with a, a hitter. So, yeah, the trade deadline's going to be wild. I have no idea what to make of of that, and I can't even fathom. I had somebody in my chat ask about trades, and I'm like, I can't predict trades in a normal year. Like, it's impossible <laughs> enough. And you want me to yeah. try to predict them in this year? I don't think so, man. I'm sorry. With all due respect, that's an insane task that I'm not even going to waste my time on. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think we'll just, you know, listen to the beat writers who are yeah. talking about all the rumors because it's there's no there's going to be no rhyme or reason. It, it may be a super active trade deadline, or it may be uh, like a super dead trade li- yeah, deadline. Four four trades, uh, two two of them for backup players, one of them for a reliever, and then one with for a big player or something. Like it it could be it could be totally weird. So we'll see how that goes again. That's August thirty first for the deadline. Um all right, my NL guys, I'm gonna go my main Strasburg. Um, you know, coming off a great season. Obviously health has always been an issue for him outside of last year and twenty fourteen, his two uh two hundred plus inning seasons. I do like that he only has to make it into a two month sprint. Again, that does not mean that he is devoid of injury risk. It just means that there's less time, less burden on him to stay upright to uh, to finish the season. And I love Strasburg. I mean, the thing of it is, he's always great when he pitches. It's just a matter of the volume that you're going to get from him. So he's healthy right now. He's looking good. He's thrown um, uh, some innings in spring already. I'm going to take Strasburg. I like it. And uh, for my off-the-radar... Would Brandon Woodruff count? Uh, I mean, sure. Okay. I don't. I don't. He's definitely someone I kind of considered. Yeah, I think he's in the same similar vein of uh, of like a Robbie Ray, where it's like we didn't pick guys that nobody knows they they can get strikeouts, but they're just, you just don't necessarily expect them to lead the league. I do think Woodruff could, though. I know that people look at. Um, Last year, the way that he was handled, and they think that he could be somebody whose innings are muted. I don't really see that, though. I think that the extenuating circumstance of that oblique was the big was the big thing that they were uh, kind of protecting him with and making sure that they didn't overdo it, particularly when he returned, going three, two, and two innings in the final three starts. But, I mean, that's because he had just missed two months. Um, and, in fact, before that, he was really a guy who looked like he was their workhorse. And I, I think he's going to be somebody who they let go deeper into start. So I think Brandon Woodruff could easily be six plus innings on the reg. And he's a, at least a strikeout per inning type of guy. He was at 10.6 last year, 10 the year before that. If he amps that up a little bit, I think he'll need a higher rate. But it could also be like, um, you know, an extra start for a guy. Uh, or a few extra innings could be the difference too, as far as strikeout per not, or as far as strikeout leaders. So I'll go Brandon Woodruff as my uh, little bit off the radar guy to uh, to win the strikeout title. All right, I like it. All right, let's bounce over to the American League here and give us uh, give us your top dog that you think could win it. 
Uh, in this draft, I'm going to snake you right now and, and snipe you, so I'm take Justin Verlander. You're, you're a jerk. <laughs> Just hurtful. Yeah. Just uh, you typically, I, you know, for one of these things, I wouldn't necessarily take a guy who is like, you know, top three or four uh, off the list. Uh, however, um, you know, I think this is my way of saying, like, I'm back in on Verlander. He looks healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be pitching again today, and, and the Astros are going to stream it, so I'll, I'll be watching it. Uh, so I'm, you know, bumping him back up into my top four or five starters, uh, into that, you know, elite uh, tier. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be heavily relied upon. We all know Dusty Baker uh, has the the, the, uh, uh, the reputation. reputation. Yeah. Whether or not that reputation is actually true or not, I think it's debatable. But uh, he has a reputation of, of really kind of pushing his starters, uh, and I think he definitely will push for Orlander. I think he'll certainly trust Verlander and and almost to a degree let him let Verlander dictate when he's coming out and whatnot. And you know, Verlander knows his body pretty well. I I, I trust that he won't be foolish and just be trying to go seven eight innings if he can't handle it. But if he's ramped up and ready to go, obviously uh, obviously everything's good from the groin situation because that was going to take him out back in uh, March April. Obviously, he's had plenty of time to recover from that. Everything looks good. Like you said, he's pitching today. So we'll see how that goes. Verlander is a great pick. Obviously, he's one of the higher-end picks. I'm not going to pick Cole because he's the super obvious one. In fact, um, I think it was the bat had him at like 110 strikeouts and nobody else with 100. Yeah, that's so. Yeah. I mean, Steamer but, has him at 104 and, and nobody else with 100. Yeah, so. that's that that that's crazy. I'm actually gonna pick a guy I picked earlier. I'm gonna pick Clevenger, the same guy I picked mm. for wins. I almost yeah. took the guy I took earlier in Lynn. Yeah, it's like I know I'm I'm doubling up here, but I I gotta go I gotta go with my my heart. 34% strikeout rate last year. The dude is absolutely nasty. He could definitely do it again. Somebody who's had some injury issues, including this year, when if we were starting a regular season, he was gonna be on the shelf for a bit. He's healthy. He's ready to go. I think he could challenge for that strikeout lead. So I like Clevenger as well. Now, um, I was supposed to let you pick your secondary guy before I said that, but I got I got sidetracked there. So now, who's your secondary guy behind Verlander? You're a little bit off the radar guy. Don't pick my guy, please. I'm going to take Nathan Eovaldi. I love it. I, I hope you're right, dude. Go ahead. I mean, he's uh, reportedly looked really, really good uh, so far uh, in this, uh, what, spring 2.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, or summer training or whatever the hell summer we're calling camp. it. Yeah, so he's hitting 100, uh, being able to locate. Looks very, very good. He only has to stay healthy for like 70 innings. Yep. Come on, come on, Nate. You could do it, dude, please. So definitely definitely one of those guys that if I am going to take a late starter, he, he's going to be one of the ones I entertain. I was going to pick Glass now, but I don't know that that really qualifies because his strikeout rates are always insane. Yeah. I, I think he's almost... Um, not, I almost not a, took him instead of Verlander as my you know, top two As guy. the main, yeah. yeah. And I, I did too as far as... Uh, oh, oh, I almost took him over Clevenger. So I don't, I'm not going to pick him as a uh, secondary, but I will give him a hat tip there as somebody who you could... You know, if you if you do, if you're a prop better and they have something for leading the league in strikeouts, check out Glass now's odds. They could be a little bit... Uh, Nice there. But I'm going to go Frankie Montas. Uh, speaking of guys that I've been a big fan of, let me go with uh, somebody I'm a huge fan of. With Montas, you know, he should be ready to go. And I'm not deterred by anything with regards to the uh, PED suspension. That doesn't strike me as 
something that's going to linger in any way. And so he's going to be, you know, one of their main guys. And hopefully they're able to get five, six innings out of him on the reg. And he's got nasty strikeout stuff, especially after adding that splitter. He now has a three-pitch mix. He had a uh, 9.7 strikeout rate last year. And I think Frankie Montas could definitely do it. I like it. All right. Let's go to the uh, to the saves. Oh, God. This is going to be fun. <laughs> who, who do you think is going to get four saves and lead the league? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean. Uh, let's, start, uh, let's start AL. Let's, let's stay in the AL and go with, uh, go with saves here. I'm going to uh, cheat and uh, take uh, the bold prediction that uh, Matthew Davis gave on Sunday's podcast. Okay. Which is that Ken Giles leads the American League in Ooh, saves. Okay. That's so, interesting. so that's I mean, gonna be that's a little love for Toronto then, huh? Yeah, I mean it's a brutal uh, schedule. I don't know if you've seen Toronto's schedule, mm-hmm. but it is absolutely brutal. It's unfair. It's, it's, yeah. it's mean. Did they it's, piss somebody off? Yeah, and so maybe I shouldn't be doing this because they're not even gonna be at. Do we know where they're gonna play yet? I think they're figuring it out. I think it's being last I had uh, seen and, and written in the run up write up was uh, they were working behind closed doors and they felt pretty confident uh, that they were going to be able to get it figured out uh, for them okay. to play in Toronto. So okay, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. So yeah, but Ken Giles, I mean, I just think he is one of those guys that uh, is pretty locked into the role. I mean, the easy pick is you know Sooner or Chapman, but uh, yeah. I feel like being a little bit different here. Uh, and taking Ken Giles. No, I, I like it. I like it. Now he he qualifies a little bit as an off the radar guy, but but who's even further off the radar then? Uh, I'm gonna go Alex Colomay. Oh, that's a good one, dude. I like that because the White Sox are nice. Yeah, Alex Colomay is that guy that everybody predicts in the industry to lose his job every year, and then you go yeah, and then you go actually look at what he's done over the course of his career, and he is just produced. I mean, all he does is save games. Uh, So, I mean, we're talking about a guy that has had uh, at least 30 saves in three of his last four seasons, uh, and the the one year he didn't, he had 12. Uh, So, like, I feel really, really good that Alex Colomay is going to, you know, hold down that role uh, and just, you know, it's not going to be elite production, but it's just going to be steady. And if you're looking for one of those guys that I don't think is going to cough up the role to anybody, I think Colome is one of those guys. And Colome doesn't break the bank as no, far as getting cheaper. some saves, too. Yeah. And, you know, people are, are – there's a contingent of fantasy players that's reluctant to pay big for saves right now, given the uncertainty of this weird year, which I understand. Um, and so that, you know, you go for somebody like Colome, quality team uh, that's on the rise – Good division with the central. That's a great pick. I like that one. Um, and I like the Giles one, too, even though it is a very difficult uh, schedule to go over. I do think that you talk about a guy who's remarkably talented. Toronto could sneak up, too, even with the difficult schedule. They've got a lot of good offense. They've added some pitching that if if it if it does well and they kind of get some guys to uh, overperform a little bit there, they, they could compete and, and set Giles up for some good wins. So I like that one. For my main... I'll pick Taylor Rogers uh, with Minnesota. You know, I I think he's somebody that people are worried could lose the job too because he's left-handed, and we're always worried about a left-handed reliever just because there's a bias against them. But I think he's got a firm hold on that. You know, we've been trying to put Trevor May in that role for a while now, and they just don't seem to want to put him there. And and Rogers has done nothing to lose it. I mean, he was great last year, 
great team. He can handle righties, so it's not a situation where, um, you know, he's got a major platoon. The one issue is that they don't have another go-to lefty. That's the only little thing. But they didn't really last year, and it didn't stop them from going with Rodgers as their as their closer. So I'll go for Rodgers as my main guy. Oh, sorry, I was going to let you say something on that. If you oh, uh, I mean, I, I like Rodgers. He's not a guy that I've been targeting necessarily in drafts uh, just because they're guys in that tier that I prefer. I mean, he went, like, in the same round as Aroldis Chapman in the semi-Q I'm doing, uh, the round after Osuna. Uh, so, like, I, he just, I don't tend to get him a ton, uh, especially because I do like Ken Giles so much. Uh, but I did grab him in this MEQ I'm in right now in the sixth round, thinking I could then, you know, sneak around and maybe get Giles in the eighth. Uh, unfortunately for me, Giles went, and so did, like, every other closer. So I'm right now <laughs> rolling with one closer until uh, I, I, I pull the trigger somewhere else. I hate when that happens, when you you, you got the you got the plan all set up and, and somebody just ruins it, and there's just no backup in sight. For, for what you were trying to accomplish there. I don't know I've if you can hear the there. sirens in, in the can. back. Yeah, but they uh, obviously they are sending uh, an ambulance to uh, my uh, my bullpen for my MEQ. <laughs> <laughs> they know that it's in deep trouble. They got, mm-hmm. And the fire engine's coming along, too. They got to put out the fire. Um, as far as for a secondary guy, I kind of want to pick somebody to, like, take a role. But I don't know that I fully believe it. I know some folks are like, nervous about brad hand and and they want to put somebody else there so like a like a nick whitgren what about like a matt barnes oh and in in boston because there's yeah there's some projected regression for uh workman the only problem with any of that is will there be enough time to then lead the league in safe like what like like how quick are teams going to have a leash on on Closers, right? Yeah, you have to think that they're going to have quick triggers, though, right? You, you you would think. Now, maybe for like a Brandon Workman, who's who's pretty new to the ninth inning role, but probably not for a Brad Hand, right? Because I know he had some struggles. Um, but you look at the season last year, it was still like the skills were still excellent. 35% strikeout, 7% walk, but the hits bounced thanks to a 362 BABIP. His home run rate was actually better than it had been the previous two years. So I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily see uh, Hand. And you know what? In fact, I'm going to make Hand my secondary pick because people are projecting him to lose the gig. I'm I, I, say, got, I, got, I got a good real deep one. Go ahead. Trevor Rosenthal. I mean, Mike Ooh, Ma- Mike Mathini one. Mike Matheny has already like been non-committal on Ian Kennedy being his closer uh, in uh, in interviews. Uh, he's got a history with Rosenthal. Supposedly mm-hmm. Rosenthal is healthy and, and you know looking halfway decent. Uh, yeah, Rosenthal. I mean, he's obvious. I don't think he'll lead the league in saves just because the Royals are going to suck, and I don't know that they'll yeah. win enough games. But I do think like he is a an interesting guy worth speculating on late in drafts, and uh, you know if because like we've said all along. Like, if you're trying to buy saves off the waiver wire in Fab, you're going to have to spend a ton of your money. Oh, yeah, it. absolutely. No, I love that call. That's that's a great call. And like you said, probably tough to lead the league, even if he got the job from day one because of KC. But um, a great, 
You're going to need to get Rosenthal for your bullpen there in that MEQ. I'm probably going to need to. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that's a good call out. And the Matheny relationship is even smarter because you know those personal relationships they matter, and they can have you know uh, players that have the confidence of the manager can get themselves into a role sooner than maybe expected. And uh, you know if he's if he's throwing well and they don't want to put Kennedy there. Easy peasy. So good good call out there. But yeah, I'll go hand as my secondary just because a lot of people are looking at him to lose the gig. I'll say, you know what? He rebounds, he hangs on to it, and then he leads the league. All right, let's go to the National League for saves. Who's your main guy that uh, is going to lead the league? Oh, main guy that's going to lead the league. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll go with someone who's a bit off the radar. Uh you know, that isn't like the foregone, you know, leader in like, uh, you know, either what Yates or, uh, or Hader. Uh, I'm going to go with Archie Bradley. Okay. I like Ar- it. Archie Bradley was very, very good in the second half last year. He, I, he really I, was. I think people have, are kind of sleeping on him. I think they're expecting him to uh, lose the role. But there's nobody in that bullpen that I'm super afraid of. Uh, and we're talking about a guy who had a 171 ERA and 33 strikeouts in 31 and two thirds innings in that second half last year. So, uh, you know, former top prospect, uh, and I think maybe he finally has uh, figured it out in the bullpen. So Bradley's one of those guys who I'm grabbing as my number two or three starter uh, at a pretty affordable price, still. Or sorry, it's, uh, it's really closer. Pretty. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I like that, and I agree with you that people are looking for him to lose the gig, and and. Like Kevin Ginkle's a name I've heard. <laughs> nah, I, I I I like I like Bradley too. You talk about that second half, a 171 ERA and 18 saves, which um, was one, two, three, four, tied for the fourth most. So you know he he was racking up the saves in the second half last year. I've already mentioned how much I like that D-backs team. So I think they're going to put him in some good positions to get some saves and as long as he's pitching well bradley has a good shot too i like it great call outs there uh for me in the net oh wait no no he's bradley was your main so who's your yeah. secondary uh i'm gonna go with a guy who doesn't have a role or doesn't have the role right now but i think he could get it pretty quick and that's michael lorenzen uh so i just i mean you look at how good that reds team is even the rotation is really good and the bullpen is actually really good too but i think he's I first man up when Iglesias uh, struggles, and Iglesias has been kind of the closer on the hot seat forever. I think this is, you know, the year that he uh, may lose it, especially if the Reds decide that they're not going to give him a ton of rope. Uh, so I, I like uh, Lorenzen as one of those sneak guys. You're a jerk. Oh, is that yours? Yes. <laughs> I considered actually going with Glacius and saying, you know what? I'm going to bet on him to go back. Then I pulled up his page and I saw that the home run issues weren't particularly new uh, last year when he had a 1-6 rate. He had a 1-5 the year before. So this was kind of boiling under under the surface from 18, but he outran it with a, you know, still had a 238 ERA. Last year it came to a head. He had a 416 ERA and 12 losses. My goodness. Um, that's, that's insane. So I, I was, I was going to go somewhere with the Reds and I think, uh, 
I was talking myself out of uh, Iglesias and I was going to go to Lorenzen, but then you snaked him. Great pick. I love it. I like what the Reds are doing. I've been obviously uh, jocking them like crazy ever since the offseason. So that's a good pick. I like your main being a little bit off too. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go Yates or, or Hayter either. Too obvious. For the National League, though, my my top pick. Not a lot of good options. God, there really isn't. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm stumped. Like, Hector Norris, doesn't he have COVID? Um, you yeah. know. I think he, I want to say he might be back, though. Doesn't Kenley Jansen have it? I think he does. <laughs> It's, no. uh, it's, it's, oh, you uh, know what I need? I got to pull up. Do we know? Do you have the spreadsheet pulled up of the COVID guys? I do. Was um, was was Kenley asymptomatic? Uh, he doesn't even have Kenley on here. Okay, That's a new one. Was Nerese asymptomatic? <laughs> um, let's see. Just looking for a healthy guy here, dude. Uh, he doesn't have he doesn't have Nerese on here. Oh, come on. Well, I'm I'm lagging way too much here. I'm just gonna take I'm just gonna take Nerese. Forget it. You know what? He got it early enough. He's gonna be back. He's gonna be fine. I don't even love this Pittsburgh team to be honest. But if you don't pick Yates or Hayter, and then you took Bradley, who I actually have as my well Jansen first, but then I would have Bradley next in the National League. I don't know where to go. It really drops off there. So forget it. I'll go ahead. Hector Norris. What's your confidence level in uh, Giovanni Gallegos now? Shut up. One <laughs> well, question. Just Mozeliak check it. said Helsley. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I, I've been, I've been kind of a Helsley guy, uh, but I was even surprised by that. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, he like, said uh, he's, he said Helsley, and then talked about how like if Carlos Martinez can't hold up as a starter he'll go back in there too mm-hmm. it's like get marked Gallegos you know what I should have picked Gallegos as my secondary wins guy nah could be yeah you know he could he could get six wins now um if he is going to be the fireman because I, th- I think they're going to be a good team I think they're gonna be perfectly solid so he could maybe go that route but I don't know if yeah. they will be there are a lot of questions so? there are a lot of question marks on that team are there I don't know. I think they're just solid. I, I I don't know. You know what? Part of it, too, is it just feels like the Cardinals kind of always figure things out. You know, they're just yeah. an organization that's always... Their number two starter is Adam Wainwright. The rotation is rough, dude. I, I can... I mean, so is the back half of that lineup, though. I mean, it's... I mean, I like Tommy Edmond, and I think we're all intrigued by Dylan Carlson, but we have no idea what Carlson will actually be. Dexter Fowler's still hitting six. You know, Yadimir Molina is hitting fifth as much as I I love Paul DeYoung. But you're not not accounting for the three guys out of nowhere who are going to be awesome. Yeah, Lane Thomas just having a breakout season. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be this year's Edmund. Brad Uh, Brad Miller resurgence, yeah. Definitely hitting 12 homers for no reason whatsoever. Um, yeah, so you're not accounting for Cardinals Devil Magic. Come on, like I mean, this is Sprinkle a div- that Devil Magic. This is a division like that has been talked about as like going to be super super competitive. I would not be surprised if it's very quickly a two team race between the Reds and the Brewers. Like I do not think the Cubs are very you know that. I don't good. think the Cubs are very good. I I have much more confidence in the Cardinals than I do the Cubs. Yeah, and then I I think the Cardinals are very very iffy. Like I I don't. Like if if Mikolas isn't healthy, 
you know, we all respect uh, expect Dakota Hudson to take a step back. You mm-hmm. know, we have no idea what we're, we're going to get from uh, uh, Kim. yeah, Kwon Young Him. Uh, like Carlos Martinez, is he a starter? Is he a reliever? Like Ross Resource has him as the. <laughs> the roster resource page for them is great. They have four closers and Carlos Martinez, Giovanni Gragos, Ryan Helsley, and uh, and then uh, 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 Andrew, Andrew Miller. Miller. Like that's, that's hilarious. That's yeah. That is like who knows. Uh, I, and I, I thought Martinez was starting though. So, uh, but I understand that that quote kind of muddied it up, basically saying that they might not have confidence in him. So, we'll see. We'll see how that goes um, with regards to their closer. I, I hear you on on having some trepidation with the Cardinals. I will admit that bridging the gap between what we see on paper and my expectations is Cardinals devil match. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm barely kidding, but they always seem to have pieces that figure it out and, and come up and, and play above their level for them. So I could see it again. You know, what if Alex Reyes is just like a, a great pitcher for them in a, in a hybrid role where he's getting you know multiple innings in in a lot of Pon- games each week. Ponce de Leon too. I think he's a guy that mm-hmm. I, I was kind of hoping would make the rotation, but he actually may be more valuable in long relief. Exactly. So, um, all right. Well, then I, I, I again Hector Neris. I'm not super confident in that, y'all. I got to be honest. I just had to pick somebody. I'm, I'd be more confident in a uh, in a secondary pick of. Oh man, I lost it. I had a name. And I lost it. Justin, just shoot me in the face, dude. Uh, the Daniel hardest. Hudson. Done. Mark Melanson. I, I swear I had a guy. And we, we started talking and I clicked off. Oh, wait, let me just hit the back button. No, I'm not on their roster page. I was on the roster page. I had a guy. We started talking about the Cardinals and I totally lost him. God, I'm a <laughs> moron. I like the Daniel Hudson pick, though. You know, um, Doolittle might not even go through with, with this because uh, everything's been so wonky. Um, I do love Doolittle, and and when he's pitching, he's awesome. But health has definitely eluded him. Uh, so, uh, Hudson has his own health issues there too, so it's not uh, not like he's the bastion of health. But we'll go Daniel Hudson there. I like that Washington team, even out there in the East. Thank you for helping me with that. You're welcome. All right, now we go to ERA. This is where things can get uh, get wild. Now, are we saying anybody, or are we saying start guys who are gonna? Like, are we going to put an innings minimum yeah, yeah. Let, on let, there? Let's go. Let's go starters. Because if you're trying to pick a reliever, I mean, some reliever is going to have a one something ERA. Yeah. Okay. So I, I I think that that'd be tough to try to identify who who that's going to be. You know, some random guy who throws like 24 innings. Um. You know, and and comes up with like a like I said like a one seven ERA. I'm not asking you for that. I'm looking for the starter. So let's go. Or you know the primary so it's even if it's somebody who doesn't start games but gets four innings every time he pitches that's what we're looking for here so uh let's go national league first who's your who's your top dog to uh lead the league in era uh kyle Hendricks. good pick yeah so even on that terrible team yeah (laughs) uh i mean i i just was so impressed with him in the original spring training uh Mm -hmm. i haven't heard anything to to push me off of him uh, you know, he's been my number, you know, three starter, you know, pretty much in, in every draft, uh, that I've so done. So easy to put there, right? Because mm-hmm. especially if you get two big strikeout studs, it just feels so nice kind of 
yeah. slotting them in there for the ratio boost. In this MEQ that I'm doing where I'm kind of really just pushing pitching down, or I have been pushing pitching down, you know, I took you Darvish as my number one, I took Frankie Montas as my number two, and then uh, Kyle Hendricks as my number three. I like it. And so, like, yeah, he's just one of those guys that, you know, obviously you need to pair him with some strikeout guys, but, yeah, I do think he is going to uh, uh, be the ERA leader uh, in terms of starters. That's great. Um, and that could be one of their few bright spots. I agree with you that that Cubs team is challenged, particularly in the bullpen. They're, they actually called me to do relief. I said, no, nah, I just – I don't want to get COVID. I appreciate the yeah, offer. No. But yeah, they, they asked me to relief for them because it's it's so bad. The lineup's still solid. You know, a lot, a lot of good players there, but I just don't know – I just don't know how they compete. The, the one thing that helps uh, just as a general idea is that bullpens can kind of be built out of thin air. You know, a couple guys can pop off if, if Rowan Wick and, you know, like the resurgence of Jeremy Jeffress, if they go off and, and Kimbrell finds something, well, there's three guys right there. And all of a sudden things look a lot better. But I'm not expecting that and I'm not going to project that for them. So, yeah, I have a lot of concerns, but Hendricks is still very good, Darvish, and then a, a, a good handful of their hitters that I'll be drafting. But other than that, their outlook is not wonderful. Who's a further off the radar guy that you think could lead the mm. league in ERA among uh, starter starter types? Oh, oh. Don't you dare pick my guy either, by the way. I, well, it's going to be really hard for me because I don't know that I have one. Um, you want to pick Caleb Smith? I know I've heard you had some good. Oh things yeah, to say about I, him. I've hear I've heard he's uh, a really good pitcher, and, and you know he, he should be the guy that I uh, take. I'm gonna. I kind of want to double up on Max Freed, but I'm not. Do it. No, I'm gonna go. He, I'm, I'm I'm gonna go Anthony <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, no, no. Sorry. sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm going to go Luke Weaver. Okay. Okay. I like that one even better. But the Tony Disco one is a good call out to at least. I do, I uh, do like Tony Disco quite a bit. He's uh, a good call out. But yeah, t- uh, talk to us about Weaver then. I love Weaver. Yeah. Weaver is just one of those guys that I think is obviously, you know, getting pushed down uh, because of the amount of innings he threw last year being injured. But. Uh, I mean, he had a 2.94 ERA in 64 innings. So if we're mm-hmm. talking about that's likely the amount of innings he's going to get this year, like it, you know, I mean, the FIP was pretty much right in line with it, a 3.07 uh, FIP. Uh, really held down the walks, really held down the home runs. I think uh, Chase Field in the humidor really helps him uh, to be able to grip the ball in the way he wants to uh, to uh, you know get his changeup going. Uh, so. I, uh, I really like uh, Luke Weaver this year. Uh, I think, you know, obviously there's some risk to him with the health issues, but, you know, all he's got to do is stay healthy for 60 innings. Yeah, and everything looks good. He was coming in healthy, looking ready to go for a full season. So I think everything works with uh, with Luke Weaver there. You guys know I'm a big fan of his, so I think that's a great call out uh, as somebody who could lead the league and do some do some big things in this small season here. For my main guy in the National League, I'm going to go Sonny Gray. Um, coming off mm-hmm. that great season last year, I like a lot of what he did. Um, I, I like that Reds team. You know, I wasn't going to pick um, Castillo. I considered going Castillo again, but I'll diversify in my in my Reds starters. He had a 287 ERA last year, 
FIP was at 342, so a little bit of uh, separation there, but really advanced with his uh, secondary stuff to yield a big strikeout rate. Not a huge walk, you know, kind of an average sort of walk guy. Uh, but if he keeps the ball in the yard the way he did last year, keeps those hits limited, I think uh, Sonny Gray could put up another big ERA and possibly lead the league in the shortened season. I like it a lot. And uh, then for my – oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I've been a Sonny Gray detractor for a long time, and I, I've, I've turned myself around on him. Last year was uh, was a big year for those that didn't like him. If they took a if they took a close look at him, it'd be hard for them to stay, uh, you know, steadfast against Sonny Gray with the advancements that he made in Cincinnati with his first year. For my secondary guy, Julio Urias for the for the Dodgers. I mean, he's been throwing these shortened seasons for a while now because they've always been managing him. So I think he's got a good chance to uh, to do some big things. I I don't know that they're going to have the luxury to really baby him. I, I think he should be a guy who, you know, hopefully off rip can at least go five. Um, but with this, with an ERA thing, as long as he's going three, four on the reg and p- posting great ratios, um, you know, he had a 249 ERA last year and 79 and two thirds as a hybrid guy. Um, he's a 318 career ERA guy. I just love Julio Urias and I'm excited to see what he can do. I was really excited for the full year because he was going to finally have the reins taken off a bit. And I'm, I'm eager to see what he can do in this sprint as well. So he's my secondary pick. I like it. like it a lot. All right. American League, who you got for us? Oh, I had someone lined up, and now I'm I'm blanking on who it oh, was. Oh, I can relate. I melted down during the saves picks. <laughs> um, oh, God, who was it? It was uh, somebody that I thought was really, really good. Um, do you have yours handy? Yes, I can go uh, ahead and you can go ahead. I, I can go ahead and go money. first here. I'm going to go Lucas Giolito for the main. Nice, because you know that White Sox club um, is kind of an up and comer. I believe in a lot of what he did last year, and I think um, you know leaning leaning central is a good idea. We all know that that's going to be the easiest uh, the easiest of the three divisions, at least on paper. It's unlikely that things could drastically change, though. I, I say on paper just to kind of cover myself, because obviously you know, okay, maybe. It, but I, I don't even know which teams would really rise up to make it to where that became a difficult division. It just doesn't seem like that's going to find any way to become a remarkably difficult division. So I'm going to go with Giolito there in the in the Power Central, uh, going hard on what he did last year and maybe not doing exactly everything, but uh, holding most of those gains and, and leading the league in ERA. And again, for those that uh, are clear here, when we're picking these, even as our main guy, we could give you Cole and Verlander for everything, but that's boring as hell. We're we're, tr- we're trying to give you the the second the, the the next level of studs, and then with the second pick, somebody who's even further off the radar there. So that's what we're going for there. And to that end, you mentioned him earlier. I will now take Kenta Maeda as a uh, as a pick here, and we already kind of got into how much we like him. You almost picked him for the wins. Now, he was up at 404 last year. ERA might not be the best thing for uh, Maeda. However, it's a sprint, and I really like everything. Like He can, he always is good for a big run at, at, at any point in a season. And, and you look up, and you're like, did you see Maeda over the last X number of games? He's been on fire. And so I just, I just want to give him some love, and I'm kind of running out of spots to do it here. Maybe should have... Whip might have been the better one for him, um, 
it was that 108 uh, or 107 in whip last year versus a 404 ERA, but I'll put him for ERA. Why not? I love, I love Kent Maeda and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do for the twins. Yeah. All right. I, I remembered who mine was. Uh, it's okay. Charlie Morton. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, I just, you know, I think he's one of those kind of older vets that people forget about because he's so old and, uh, you know, bursted onto the scene late pitches in Tampa Bay, but he's going to be their, you know, one of their horses. Uh, I think they're going to ride him pretty well. And, uh, and I think he has a real opportunity to, uh, to deliver just really quality innings, uh, and have kind of that league leading ERA. Yeah. That, that's a great call out there. Um, Morton is so good. And he is a bit underrated as far as like a second, you know, he still goes as like a secondary ace, but I think sometimes people do it begrudgingly. They're, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop as far as the age. There's nothing in his profile that suggests that, that Charlie Morton's going to fall. Uh, the only, it would, it would be a surprise if, if something goes sideways, it's going to be like, Oh damn, it's going to be health related. Really? That That's the only thing. Cause he does have some health issues in his career, but skills wise, you should feel great about taking Charlie Morton. All right. Who's your secondary guy? Give me Shohei Otani. Oh, that's a good one. I was waiting, waiting to get him in for something. So well done. Yeah. You beat me to it. There's a few other guys that I was thinking about uh, here, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with Otani. I just think that uh, uh, he is just a premium athlete. Who knows what we'll actually get from him, and he's going to be just a headache to use, especially in like uh, weekly leagues like NFBC for pitching. Uh, but I, I just think that there's a reason the Angels are continuing to push him as a starter in this shortened season, and it's because he's just such a pre- uh, premium talent when healthy. He's just so damn good. I agree, and um, I like it. That's that's a that's a great pick there. Like I said, I was kind of looking for something to fit him in on, and I didn't do it for strikeouts because of the volume, and and one of the ratios would have been the right time to do it. Maybe uh, I should have put him in ERA and then Maeda in WHIP, but that's all right. Good good call. Good thing we got some Otani love there. Speaking of WHIP, let's transition there with the American League. Who you got? Uh, uh I'm gonna go with Shane Bieber. Okay, doesn't uh, walk guys. Yeah, Doesn't give up hits. Yeah, I mean he's uh, uh, projected to only have 15 walks this season by Steamer. Is that uh, good? Yeah, I think it is good. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean I could obviously go with Cole or Verlander, but I feel like they're cheat codes. Uh, and so Bieber seemed like the next uh, best option. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you there, and I and I do like that. Um, you know, he's had some pushback based on some of the hard contact that he's given up. Some folks are kind of peeling back from Bieber. I'm torn. Um, You know, I like Clevenger more as far as Cleveland guys go, but I still like Bieber. I would still let him front a rotation for me. I don't think that he's going to flop. I think that there's still some evolution in his game here to where he might even have another level where he, where he cuts some of that home run rate and really, really uh, masters his, his uh, arsenal to the point where, that 3.28 ERA, 105 WHIP that we saw last year might not even be the best of his career. So uh, that's where I'm at with Bieber. Who's your secondary guy? Who's your further off the radar pick? Mm, I'm gonna. I'm debating between two guys. Well, one's not off the radar enough, so I'll go uh, Andrew Heaney. Okay. Um, oh, you wait. Do you like Andrew Heaney? 
I do. I don't know if you've Why ever don't heard you ever me ever talk about it. I really should. Uh, <laughs> and if if you thought I was going to go a whole podcast about pitching without mentioning Andrini, you're absolutely crazy. Uh, Sadly mistaken, fools. Uh, but I mean, Steamer projects him to have a 117 WHIP, and so then you're just talking about uh, you know a little bit of Babbitt luck. Uh, and maybe, you know, or his defense behind him, you know, holds up well, and mm-hmm. uh, and maybe he's a guy that, you know, can drop down into those low ones. Uh, so I, I think uh, Heaney is one of those guys, again, not he, – he's going to be difficult to manage in weekly leagues because they're going to run that six-man rotation. Yes, yes, that's going to be a pain in the butt. Uh, but he's still a guy that I like uh, considering where he's going. Yep. Yep, I can get behind it. Um, yeah, you have been the Heaney, Heaney guy on the pod, but uh, I, I understand the skill, and he could be a nice pickup this year and really do some things, so that's a good call-out with Bieber. Uh, for me, uh, in the American League, I'm going to go Kluber as my main guy. There's a fantasy analyst out there who like thinks Kluber sucks, dude. I heard Ooh. this guy on a pod. It was so silly, it's awful. Man. Yeah, I turned it off immediately, deleted it. Yeah. I, could, I could, couldn't deal with it. His name was... Uh, Mason or something last mm. name i think uh yeah just awful just just unbelievable but uh was it mustin jason yes yes and uh i hated it because i was like <laughs> you're an insane human being <laughs> no look i understand some trepidation with Clippers. he's gonna be 34 uh you, you know basically lost the season last year due to health uh he got hit by a bad ball that broke his arm and then had no bleak when he was returning that really just it, the season was over but I, I, I can't I can't throw him out. I just I can't get rid of him. Uh, he's going over to Texas. We've already talked about how we like that, like that rotation there. They've got a four pack, and I like the, all five really. J- Jordan Lyles as a five is not bad. Um, so I think uh, I think Kluber's gonna have a bounce back season. He's always been a whip stud. Well, except last year again, that was a dud ass season. But the year before that, point ninety nine whip, point eighty seven before that, he often. He rarely, I should say, walks guys. I was gonna say he often doesn't walk guys. What a weird sentence structure that would have been. But he rarely walks guys when he's on four um, percent. The last two years before last year's weird seven start season. So I think Kluber in a bounce back uh, gets it done. Yeah, I mean, if he's healthy, he's definitely one of those guys that could do that. And then for my secondary pick, to similar to you going through an entire pitching podcast. Not talking about Heaney. I'm not getting through this without talking about Aaron Savali. Hello. Obviously, I have to mention him. Um, you know, he had a 104 whip in his 57 and two-thirds uh, last season. You know, that came with a a 250 Babbitt, which is pretty nice, 210 average against. But he doesn't walk, guys. That's that's the foundation of it, similar to like a beaver. And, and then, you know, a little bit of Babbitt luck sprinkled on is something that could all of a sudden send you down in the low ones or even sub one with the whip. Where I really think he could build is I think Savali could push his strikeouts up because his arsenal can merit more than we saw last year. But I think uh, when he was talking with with Nick and Alex on P- Pitcher List, he was talking about how he was just trying to survive and he wasn't really worried about strikeouts. You know, if he's collecting outs, he doesn't care how they come. And that's the way it should be, right? You're, you're just trying to get the outs uh, any way you can. So um, I think Savali could be a, a whip stud for you, even if uh, even if the strikeouts don't necessarily come to fruition this year. I like it. I mean, right. another one of your guys. Let's wrap it up in the NL. Who do you got for the uh, for your main guy? Oh, God, I forgot we were doing the NL still. <laughs> uh, last, last two picks here. Uh, let's see. I'll go... 
I'm going to go my boy, Jack Flaherty, uh, okay. largely because we haven't talked about him uh, yet yep. this podcast, and I, I feel like that's a shame. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Jack Flaherty's one of those guys that uh, I think is uh, – you could – conceivably push him up into kind of the top part of that, you know, second tier or bottom part of the first tier of Most starting pitcher. He's like yeah. a top six starter. I think he should be. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jack Flaherty getting to pitch in that, uh, you know, beast central or least central. I, I don't know yeah, what we're calling really. it. So, it, 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 really, it really is. Central. I mean, it's the right uh, division there. So, yeah, I do like, I do like Jack Flaherty. He's, he's like the one, or one of the few bright spots that I have for that Cardinals team. And he led baseball, or, or the National League for sure, probably all of baseball, in whip in the second half with a .71. I mean, he was just out of his mind, unhittable, wasn't walking many guys. It was it was a sight to behold. So you're right, you know, even though I'm not a huge Flaherty guy, it's not that I'm like anti-Flaherty. I've got him, I actually forget where I put him in my update, but, I, you know, I moved him up. I like him. I, I acknowledge the the immense talent, but um, I I do want to see what what he does for a follow up here. The division's the right one for him to just not lose a step though, and just keep going off. So I think uh, I think we could see something like that from him. How about your uh, your further off the radar pick? This is harder in the National League. I agree. I really. I, um... I think I have one, but uh, I agree that it's it's not easy. Yeah, I really don't know where to go uh, here. Uh, I mean, because I mean, I'm, I mean, Chris Paddock is obviously not a sneak one guy. Yeah, he's a little yeah. bit. Uh, pick, pick somebody from course. Mm, that's, I dare you. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. I I, I like that. Uh, pick him on <laughs> John Kyle John Gray. Uh, Kyle Freeland. Kyle Freeland for sure. Dude, yeah, that's, that's the obvious. That's too obvious though. He's too good. Oh, okay. That, that's not fair then. Uh, oh god, I really am struggling with this one. Um, oh, man, you like Zach Gallon? I do like Zach Gallon. Uh, I'm gonna go Ross Stripling. Okay, I like it. He he can be mentioned more than once. You know that doesn't bother mm-hmm. me. Yeah, uh, I mean, good defense behind him. Uh, you know, he's uh, a guy that I've always really liked. Uh, He's good. He's still going. I mean, his price is obviously going to go up a huge amount, but mm-hmm. I think he's uh, a, a very. Uh, I, I think he'll still be underrated considering what his uh, what his role is going to be now on this Dodgers team. Yeah, I love it. That's a great pick, uh, as far as I'm concerned. For me in the National League, I'm going to go Soroka for the uh, for the for the main. I guess I know he's only going to be. We already talked about it. Front end guy, two three innings, maybe sometimes four. Um, but even even with the fact, even with his deficiency of of not getting many strikeouts and probably some regression off of what he did last year, he still doesn't walk anybody, and I think he's still going to be difficult to hit. Um, I I don't feel great about picking somebody to lead and whip that's in that beast division, but I love what he can do. He had a 111 whip last year. Um, that was kind of, that's kind of his calling card as far as uh, ratios were his calling card total. But I think WHIP is the one that you can really believe in because ERA is a little bit more uh, of something that can fluctuate. So give me Soroka for the main, and then a guy you mentioned earlier for the uh, secondary, Tony Disco, baby. Mm, good Let's call. do it. And uh, what really set me off on that was 104 WHIP in the second half last year. Nice. He was tied with Steven Strasburg, and that was tied for one, two, three, four, five, six. Tied for sixth with uh, Strasburg and Bumgarner. So. 
that was really nice. He was he'd really cut his walks. Uh, the hits hadn't really gone down. And, you know, we've seen him kind of show flashes over the course of these last uh, handful of seasons. Even in the uh, even in the 2018 season when he had a 493 ERA, he still had some runs at different times. Homers have been an issue for him, though. For, for Disco to really break through, he does need to cut the home run rate. However, homers don't necessarily affect uh, whip as far as making it impossible to lead the league. Now, obviously, it counts toward whip. It's a hit. But I'm saying that that being his issue, he doesn't walk guys. And he doesn't allow a ton of hits usually, uh, except for that 2018 season. So I think there's a possibility. And if and if he does trim the homers, breakout season is on is on the uh, is on the docket for Tony Disco, which is uh, Anthony Descofani for those that don't know his very wonderful nickname. So that's what I'm going with there. I like it, like it a lot. I mean, I you know, like I said, I you know picked him earlier, so he was a guy that uh, I'm definitely very high on, uh, and. I think he is kind of an underrated asset in fantasy, especially with that offense behind him in Cincinnati and getting yep. to be in the, that least central. Yes. and I, Believe me, that played a role in my picks, um, leaning on that division there. Not exclusively, but definitely found myself uh, going there as, as a tiebreaker at the very least. So, all right, man, we did it. We, 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 we got it done. And um, those are our picks. I think uh, I still think we could do a really fun one of league leaders outside of 200 um, for one one of the sides. I'm going to write about one of them, hitters or pitchers. I think that's a fun article to write, but then maybe we could do one for a pod. I don't know, but we're going to keep going here. And um, what do you got on the what do you got on the draft docket here? I know you're in that MEQ. What else you got planned? Anything else coming up? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got two main events coming up and uh, a Beat Justin Mason online championship. So uh, the the main events are going to be the 20th and the 23rd, and the Beat Justin Mason online championship, I believe, is the 22nd at 6 p.m. Eastern. I have not set my Beat Pulse board just yet. I have to get that done today as far as uh, giving them a date. But then uh, my main with Dusty is next sunday yes sunday the 19th so we will be uh be drafting that i'll have that on twitch.tv slash spore have a little bit of a delay on there in case any of our opponents are in there we don't want them snaking us so yeah that's what we got on the draft docket let's grind through this justin we're uh, we're moving forward at least it's it's, it's better than nothing right yeah i'm, I'm I- trying to have some optimism I think we're definitely going to have a season. What that season looks like when we have it, that I do not know. Yep. I think that's that's perfectly fair. So um, we'll keep you updated on everything oh. that we can. Oh, yes? Here's a fun... I just went over to check my uh, Beat Justin Mason League because I posted it yesterday. Uh, and the guy I am pairing with in one of my main events has joined my league. <laughs> He's like, I can. I, he's I like, I'm gonna have your ranks. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I know this fool of strategies. Come on. I see I'm you, fun. Billy. I'm gonna I'm I'm crush this fool. That's that, hilarious. That's really funny. Well, good luck. Good luck in that. But uh, all right. I will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Take it easy. Bye.